Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 24th of August, the 237th day of this leap year of 2020, which now has 129 days remaining until 2021. Toward the end of last week, the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide was over 22.8 million, amounting again to an increase of over 1.8 million since the week before. The number of confirmed cases in the United States near the end of this past week was nearing 5.6 million, an increase of 300,000 cases since the week before. In second place toward the end of last week was again Brazil. Its confirmed cases over 3.5 million. India again was in third place with a cumulative total nearing 3 million confirmed cases. Russia was again in fourth place, having approximately 1 million confirmed cases, followed somewhat distantly by South Africa, continuing in fifth place with nearly 600,000 confirmed cases. Peru is again in sixth place this past week, with 559,000 confirmed cases, only slightly ahead of Mexico's 544,000 confirmed cases in seventh place. The number of deaths from COVID-19 globally by this past Friday was nearing 800,000, up almost 40,000 from the previous week. This past Friday, confirmed COVID-19 deaths in the United States totaled almost 175,000, up nearly 7,000 deaths from the previous week. In other words, nationwide, COVID-19 this past week killed on average at least 1,000 United States citizens per day. We remain the number one hotspot for coronavirus deaths on the planet, with Brazil again in second place, having nearly 113,000 deaths. Mexico was again in third place this past week, with nearly 59,000 deaths. India continues in fourth place, with almost 55,000 deaths. Heavenward, our moon is nearing its half-illuminated first quarter phase and will be close to Antares, the brightest star in the constellation Scorpius the Scorpion, the next couple of nights. Antares, a red, supergiant star, is about 600 light-years away from us and has a mass that we can only analogize by contrasting the size of a basketball to that of a head of a pin. This past weekend, 411 years ago, Galileo Galilei demonstrated his new telescope to a group of local senators atop St. Mark's Campanile in Venice, Italy, allowing them to view mountains, valleys, and craters of the moon, among other celestial features of interest. A few days back, the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency announced that its Hayabusa 2 space shuttle, which several months back captured dust from the surface of the near-Earth asteroid Ryugu, has been approved for landing in Australia in early December 2020. Looking into the space missions that have snatched bits and pieces of other worlds and brought them to Earth, Alexandra Witsi, in the August 6, 2020 edition of the journal Nature, plots out some interesting ellipses of the routes various spacecraft have traveled to collect samples from our solar system's moon, asteroids, and comets. Some of these missions are happy to return with a small number of grams. 
Some, such as the 1969-1972 NASA Apollo missions, have collected a total of over 800 pounds of moon rocks. Today, in 1814, during the War of 1812, British troops led by General Robert Ross entered the U.S. capital of Washington, D.C., and burned many of the public buildings, including the White House and the U.S. Capitol building. Today, in 1932, Amelia Earhart became the first woman to make a transcontinental flight when she landed at Newark Airport, New Jersey, after a 19-hour flight from Los Angeles, California. Today, in 1965, in Morton's Grove, Illinois, used car dealer Don Maitland and his wife, Libby, had a daughter, Marley Maitland, who at 18 months of age had contracted measles, though her parents were unaware of the health issue and had taken young Marley on an airplane visit to her grandmother in California. When they returned home, they discovered the flight had destroyed Marley's hearing. Despite her parents' attempts to help her cope with her deafness, Marley had trouble dealing with her handicap, commenting later to an interviewer, I wanted to be perfect, and I couldn't accept my deafness. I was so angry and frightened. At age seven, playing Dorothy in a Chicago children's theater production of The Wizard of Oz, helped her vent some of her emotions, and during summer she studied acting at camp. Along with acting, law enforcement interested her, but she found those opportunities were limited and opted to audition for a supporting role in a Chicago production of Children of a Lesser God, which she won. Soon a film version of the play was to be cast with the director reviewing videotapes of the theatrical productions. Marley's performance caught his eye, and he gave her the female lead, for which she would eventually win a Best Actress Academy Award. Late last week, after a series of updates and adjustments from university administrators and another gamut of training sessions and meetings with information technology gurus who guided me through new web conferencing setups in various classrooms on campus, all organized under the aegis of advanced planning to contend with face-to-face -face classes becoming hybrid, I marveled at how far we have come from the arrangements of Plato's Academy and the fundamental peripatetic methodology. A simple stroll, student and teacher, discussing whatever facets of the universe struck their fancies at the moment, nothing other than themselves, a walkway of some sort upon which to perambulate, a forest path would do as well, but no building, if at all possible, no equipment per se, just the and me. Ah, we've come a long way since then, he sighed whimsically. Today is also the birthday of Jorge Luis Borges in 1899, of Carlo Gambino in 1902, of Yasser Arafat in 1929, and of Steve Gutenberg in 1958. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the 10th official week of summer 2020. The autumnal equinox is less than a month away. <laughs>